The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if your truth journey brought you here, welcome home. To listen to this full interview, you know what to do. Go to VeritasRadio.com and subscribe. Give yourself the gift of truth. Tonight, a veteran of this program returns to discuss the plans, the goals, and the agenda of those behind the scenes, and how we can wake up and prepare in order to prevent another false flag event that can be the catalyst, the final blow that can culminate in a one-world fascist government. All of this with a special guest, Ole Damagord. Right now, on Veritas. Ole Demigord is an award-winning author, investigator, musician, artist, painter, former journalist, and much more. For more than 20 years, he has worked very hard to expose some of the biggest conspiracies around the globe, something that has turned out to be very dangerous, a very dangerous task. He has appeared on international radio, which has caused a tidal wave of international interest. He's not here to spread fear. His goal is to prevent the global elite from turning this beautiful world into a controlled and horrible place. And he's totally dedicated to revealing their agenda, including false flag operations all over the world. And to learn more about Ole Damagord and his work, visit his website at lightonconspiracies.com. You can join his newsletter. You can offer your support for all the excellent work he has done for so many years. And the website is also linked at our website. And directly from Estepona in Costa del Sol, España, southern Spain, I would like to welcome Ole Damigord. Hello, Ole, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you? I'm so blessed. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me back on. Always, always a pleasure. Well, you and I have been corresponding ever since you came on the show, and you always pass new information to me. And I decided to wait a few months until we had you back. And recently, you gave me some new information. You actually went to the Bilderberg meeting, and you have some new information to share with us right hot off the press. Tell us what you found. For those of you listeners who might not know about uh, the Bilderberg Group, it was uh, started in 1954 in Hotel Bilderberg in Holland, Osterbeck, Holland. And it was created by Prince Bernard and some other <clears throat> members of the global elite at that time with the intention of uh, uh, 
creating a super secret uh, group that would meet in secrecy once a year, a group that would have a steering committee of some eight to ten people that would have the agenda of inviting key people in key positions from every single country uh, in the Western world. And through the control of these people, if they could control and get the loyalty from these key people, they would be able to more or less control country by country by country. And, and But in a way that the normal person in the street and the population of these countries would have absolutely no idea. So what we're, di what we're discussing or describing is actually part of a shadow world government, an, an invisible uh, government that uh, uh, are affecting world events uh, in ways that we most people cannot even imagine. And this group, have, like I said, they've been meeting at least once per year. They always change uh, location. They change countries. They So that uh, uh, over all of these years, it's 60 years this year, uh, very, very few people have known about them even, and even less who are the members, who are the agenda, and so on. Uh, in my book, Coup d'etat in slow motion, which is almost 1,100 pages long. Uh, the last 200 pages are just a membership list, the location and whatever has leaked out about the agenda from 1954 to until 2014. And the reason why uh, I find it's so important to reveal what's going on at these meetings is that when you, if you compare the agenda from all these different years and and what was discussed and indirectly uh, decisions that was taken at these meetings and then you compare with world history you will see that so 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 many times whatever has been on the agenda at that year then uh, the following year in the world these things has happened more or less a hundred percent I would say there and the members of these group have been, like I said, key people, like uh, top politicians, royalties, uh, media, uh, top people in media, in the legal system, police. Uh, you have also from like MI6, CAA, these type of people, uh, Google, the, the boss of Google. You've got uh, Bill Gates, David Rockefeller, Henry Kissinger, many, many, many of the Rothschilds. Morgans, uh, bankers, you name it. I mean, whatever area that where they can make an impact, uh, they're there. And they get hold of these people and control them. Uh, and uh, so this year, I've spent, um, it's actually more than 30 years now, that I've been looking into false flag operations, major assassinations globally, and so-called terror acts. And one of the things that I've found from uh, looking into many of these assassinations, like the JFK, Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Olaf Palme, I mean, there's so many of them, is that once you start digging really, really deep uh, in the search of truth, you come back to a very certain group, a small little global elite, where the Bilderberg group is one part of it. Up in this power pyramid, I would say, not in the absolute top, but way, way up there, uh, there are at least uh, four different groups. It's the Trilateral Commission, it's the Council on Foreign Relations, 
and it's the Bilderberg Group. It's also the committee of 300 and there's other subgroups and so on. But uh, these are some of the major groups in that area. And many members are member in one in more than one group. They can be both in the trilateral, the Council on Foreign and the Bilderberg Group and so on. So this year, I was invited to... Um, By the way, th- thank you for giving us some background. I, you know, sometimes in doing this, this show, I assume that people know, but I'm sure that a lot of people probably haven't heard of the Bilderberg Group. So this is a benefit to them. I'm glad you gave us some background. Please proceed. Okay, so <clears throat> I've, uh, during the last... Uh, I've, I've spent so many years, uh, like I said, looking into the JFK assassination uh, the Olaf Palme assassination, that was the Swedish prime minister that was gunned down in the street in, of Stockholm in 1986. And <clears throat> uh, so I've been recognized as, an, uh, without bragging, uh, a world-class expert in these areas, also false flag operations and so on. And this, uh, this year I had uh, the great honor of being invited to Copenhagen to be one of the key speakers at the meeting. I mean, not the, the Bilderberg meeting, but outside where they, they met. And uh, so I was very happy to, to come there. What, what organization invited you? It was not an organization. It was uh, there were different events planned, you know, to to uh, expose this meeting, and some members in in arranging these events uh, uh, asked if I would be willing to come, and and they even collected and got um, uh, the airplane ticket for me. So it was a it was a real treat to be invited. But right. when. Uh, when you study this group over the years, one of the things that you notice is that it's uh, they've denied the existence of this group more or less for, for decades. And uh, normally it's just like a one-liner in one of the newspapers, you know, just, well, this weekend the Bilderberg meeting took place, blah, 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 here and there, and that's about it. And officially it's just a think tank, this group, uh, all of them very high up in society, uh, they meet for a coffee and a biscuit and a nice chat, and that's it. But when you look at these meetings, you will see that they're surrounded by incredible security measures with uh, sometimes military, but otherwise heavily armed police and fenced-in areas and helicopters and and so on. And that there's absolutely no way for normal media or, or normal people to get anywhere close to get access to what's going on in there. And the normal way is that they choose a luxury hotel in a secluded area where it's difficult to, for anyone to, to look in or whatever, so that no, normal people will be held away at least half a kilometer or a kilometer down the road where the police will block the roads and so on. And the normal uh, template, if you call it that, uh, is that they come in in black limos with tinted windows. I mean, just like a gangster film with uh, mob members, more or less. And but here we're talking people like uh, David Rockefeller and, and so on. They come uh, one or two in in each of these limos with bodyguards, sometimes with follow up uh, cars with bodyguards and so on. And uh, over the years, the way that researchers have been able to figure out and 
and prove who has been at these meetings have been by uh, photographers being placed on both sides of the road when they come driving and trying to take photos of them uh, when they pass or when if they have been lucky to take photos when they uh, enter or exit the, the vehicles and get into whatever building they're meeting in. So um, then due to the very hard work to researchers like uh, uh, Jim Tucker, he was one of the main characters in exposing this group. Uh, uh, unfortunately, he died last year. Uh, David Icke and other people have also made an incredible work in, in exposing this group, Daniel Estolin and so on. And it came to a point where up until 2013, 2012, it, there was an absolute, uh, like a stone wall. Everybody who started talking or trying to expose this group were called theory, conspiracy theorists or, or mad people or whatever. It's just like uh, absolute no-no to get anywhere close. Then in 2013, it, they couldn't hide it anymore. So then they changed the whole tactic. They turned it upside down and instead... They said, no, 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 of course, uh, the Bilderberg group exists. I mean, what are you all on about? I mean, we're not trying to hide. So they met at the Grove Hotel outside uh, Watford in London. And uh, that was way out in the countryside. And uh, uh, the truth movement and the media were being fenced in in a very uh, in a, in an area very controlled area controlled by armed police and so on there were body search and all of these things and this area was located like um, less than a kilometer away but i mean you could just see the the hotel there's absolutely no way you could get anywhere close so uh, just when the meeting was uh, about to take place the first time ever that it went open like this just a few days before when media internationally was like going, my God, is this really true? Does this, is it possible that these politicians and people from everywhere are meeting in, in major secrecy? I mean, without anyone knowing. So the journalists were preparing to come to this place and start looking into it. And then happened the so-called beheading in Woolwich just a few days before the meeting. Uh, if you, I don't know if you uh, are aware of this. Uh, I do, I do. Was it that? Was that staged at all? Totally staged, Mel. Tot it's one of my absolute favorites. It's so badly done. Uh, it's just sometimes I give two-hour interviews about that just to show how they carry them out. And G how give us some background of that because I, I, I hate to say that I laughed but it was so poorly made that I just couldn't believe that people would buy that. Mel, I totally agree with you. It's absolutely so badly done. But I think this was in England, and they're not so used to, to these staged events, uh, you know, these false flag operations. In the States, they've got a lot of practice with all these mass shootings and, and so on. So you've got like a core group that is getting pretty good at it in the, in the States. But in England, I would say... Well, they had the 7-7 seven, seven bombings where uh, there was, uh, uh, I mean, that was also a stage event. But this one was a, a totally stage event with with actors. Nothing was real about the whole thing. And uh, but you, you want me to go into some details around that? Sure, sure. Just to let people know, because that, that was a big, big distraction. It was a major di uh, distraction. And that what happened was that when this incident happened, 
you know, it, the the whole thing was that two uh, North African uh, black men, uh, they came in a car, this is the official story, they came in a car, they saw this young soldier in civilian clothes walk down the street, and he had a t-shirt on that said, help for heroes. They got so upset with that t-shirt uh, that they crossed the road, they, uh, they crossed the road, and knocked him over with the car, then jumped out of the car, took out a, a, like a meat cleaver and a, and a knife and chopped the head off this young guy. His name was uh, Lee Rigby, then pulled the body out into the street. Uh, and then uh, after a while, there was some somebody with a, a cell phone that was filming it. And then he gave one of the killers gave like a speech saying like, uh, we're very sorry that uh, your women had to uh, see this type of thing, but this is what we experience every single day uh, of our life in our home country. And uh, don't trust the government. I mean, you need to, to fight them and so on. And uh, anyway, what happened then was that they were, uh, these two uh, killers, they were just walking around for 25 minutes waiting for the police to come. Then the police came. I mean, we're talking central London, daylight, the middle of the day, in a very busy street, waiting 25 years after, no, 25 minutes after chopping the head of an English soldier right outside an army barrack. And then once the police came, uh, they, the police just jumped out and shot both of them. And then they were taken, uh, taken away and so on. But when you look into this, it's so badly done. Uh, you know, for instance, the, the whole thing, when you see a stage event, they're set up totally like a film set. And I've been, a, uh, you know, one of these uh, background uh, people in many uh, films and commercials and so on. When I moved to Spain, we had, I didn't have a job. And we were looking for income anyway. And there was this film company on Mallorca. Uh, where I uh, used to work as an extra. So I spent so, so many hours sitting in the background, just waiting between the takes and just being bored and looking around, uh, interested in to see how, how do you make a film? You know, yeah. how, where's, the, where's the lighting? Where's the makeup? Where's all of these things? And also one of the things that you do uh, with these film set is that... Uh, the background action is very important that it's, uh, what would you say, it's, it continues so that even if they take several different takes of the, of the real action in the film, the background needs to do the same every single time. So uh, everybody, before the take is done, then the background extras are informed, okay, you walk from spot A to spot B, and very often they mark it with tape or they put like cue points uh, on the, in the street saying, okay, this is point A, and you walk over to point B, we'll put a cue point, cue marker there as well. We saw that in and Egypt. Then, uh, we saw that in Egypt last year and the year before too. Tape on the floor to just show the people supposedly doing what they were supposed to do. Mel, I'm just describing a very badly pulled off false flag operation. This is standard procedure many of these times because you, you need to inform the background and people, you just can't have people walk around doing absolutely nothing. And one of the things they always say, do not look into the camera because it is too obvious if the background right. is looking at what is going on. So do not look into the camera. And then when it's uh, time to do the take, then the first it goes, 
background action, people start moving around, walking, and then action for the real actors to start uh, in front of the camera. And then as soon as the take is done, they always do more than one take. They say, okay, everybody back. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.